0: The Shep Nass
1: Podcast begins now. You're listening to The Shep Nass Podcast, podcast at Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ, and we're expecting great things. My name's Joey. I get to be the host of this podcast. I'm joined once again by Pastor Rob Paul, lead pastor here at Shepherd. We're discussing his latest sermon from the book of Mark called The Rude Nude Dude, and that might get us a warning on the podcast,
2: so hey, Pastor uh, you Rob, you said it, not me. Yeah. What's up? I man? wrote it. You said <laughs> yeah. it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, how's it going? Good. Yeah. Doing great. Yes, loving right. it. So, we're gonna uh, jump into kind of a sermon recap. Maybe go a little bit deeper about yep. um, uh, what we talked about on Sunday. And we wanted to start. You just want to start by reading the the story. Yeah, you know, what happened? Yeah. Okay. So, in um, Mark chapter five. This is what it says, says they came to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs and no one was able to restrain him anymore, not even with a chain because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him night and day among the tombs and on the mountains. He was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he knelt down before him and he cried out with a loud voice. What do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you before God, do not torment me. For he had told him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? He asked him. My name is Legion, he answered, because we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the region. A large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside, and the demons begged him, send us to the pigs so that we may enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out of the, and entered the pigs. And the herd of about 2,000 rushed down to a steep bank into the sea and drowned there. The men who tended them ran off and reported in the town and the countryside, and the people went to see what happened. They came to see Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who hadn't seen it described it to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs. They began to beg him to leave their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who'd been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. But Jesus did not let him, but told him, Go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So he went out and he began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And they were all
2: amazed. Yep. Great story. Yeah, so think about, I mean, Jesus had a really busy day, gets in the boat, they go across the thing, and they get to this uh, place over there. And as soon as they land on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, they're in a place called Gadara, or the Gerasenes. Mm -hmm. Um, And archaeologically, or geographically, geologically, whatever the word is, it was a place where it was like a steep bank. So it was Mm -hmm. like a 40-foot up to get into the land. And the Bible says that as soon as they got there, this guy who came to meet them, and he was, uh, you know, everything that the Bible said about him—that he ran around in the tombs and the graves at night howling. They tried to chain him up; he couldn't. Um, uh, they they couldn't keep him, hold him down. He would break the chains. I mean, that's. That, I mean, not a lot of normal people can break chains when yeah. they're chained up like that. So the guy definitely had some supernatural stuff, and he came to Jesus and said. And interesting, he came to Jesus like Jesus didn't go to him. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that uh, is kind of saying to us is that when the presence of God was there so much in Jesus that it attracted the attention of the demonic realm. Mm -hmm. And they saw it and they knew they were in trouble because they knew Jesus had authority over them. So rather than wait for Jesus to seek them out, they, they just showed up and they're like, what do you want with us? What are you doing? And they're maybe thinking they could bargain with him or whatever, which they did a little bit. you know mm-hmm. he's like because they could Jesus could have sent them to the abyss, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like a holding tank until final judgment or they like, no put us in the pigs and so he sent them into a bunch of pigs and the, and then you heard the story it went away. but there's a, there's a lot of things in this story I just kind of want to cover and I think we can learn a lot about the spiritual realm or the supernatural realm. Just from this story, by walking through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do that, I just want to say I, I think that there's a temptation to believe that the encounters that Jesus had with the demonic um, realm were only happening in that particular time. Like I've heard people say, "Well, that was then. That that's not happening now. Right. That you know, or it happens in other parts of the world, but it doesn't happen here." which is funny because there's no borders in the supernatural realm, mm-hmm. right? It's like you don't have to have a, a passport to, if you're a demon to go from one country to another or whatever. It's not like it's over there and not here. They actually, they actually have eyes to see it more than we do. We, we give it excuses or whatever. But anyway, uh, I wanted to address the fact that I think that sometimes we think that um, this stuff just happened in Jesus' time, but there's, there's nothing in the Bible at all that would make us believe that there was a certain time period or dispensation with okay. demonic spirits mm-hmm. operated and that they stopped. In fact, um, we see them operating in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Um, and uh, even after Jesus died and resurrected, right. we see the New Testament church in the book of Acts encountering demonic spirits. Mm-hmm. So if it happened in the book of Acts, then that's the dispensation that we live in. Mm-hmm. It's still happening, Right. But uh, we were talking in between recording today, uh, Joe and I were talking a little bit when you stepped out, and we were talking about how oftentimes in the culture that we live in, I think that there are things that actually could be attributed to demonic spirits that are not because in our culture, we don't believe in it as much as, like in Jesus' day, if somebody had a demonic spirit, it was like, yeah, they, they have a demon. it wasn't like a it wasn't like a, a weird thing. It was like they knew that they operated, right? And Jesus had cast demons out, and people were like, that's cool that he can do that. Um, but today, you know, if someone had a demonic spirit, like I was telling the story about the camp the other day or yesterday, it was like it was a weird thing, but mm-hmm. it's not a weird thing. There are a lot of people that still, that, you know, there are a lot of demonic spirits that are operating today. We just don't have the lens to see it. Um so anyway, what I wanted to do is kind of take a look at this passage of scripture and just see um, if 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 this is true and it really happened uh, and it's in the Bible. So we think it did. What are there are some things that we can learn about demonic spirits from it. Um, and the first one I think that we read in verse we can read in verse two, where we see that that Jesus got out of the boat and, and a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. That demonic spirits can dwell within a person or an animal, and we see that. Jesus cast them out, and they went into the pigs. Mm -hmm. So we know that the Bible says that demonic spirits can dwell within a person, and they can dwell within an animal, right? So we know that. Then we also know that demonic spirits can manifest their presence in the physical world in supernatural ways. So while you can't see a demonic spirit with your physical eyes, you see the effects of a demonic spirit working in a person, Mm -hmm. right? So, so, and we would call that maybe manifestation, which is what I was talking about when that girl at that camp, she was, she was manifesting, she was acting in a way that a a human being doesn't normally act. Uh, And it was a demonic spirit controlling her body, making her do certain things. Um, And so they could, we, we, they can manifest their presence and we see them based on how they show themselves and what they do. Um, again, this guy—he had supernatural strength. No one can bind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had bro- broken chains that were, and irons that were on his feet. Uh, no one could subdue him. So he had—he definitely had um, some de- some really incredible power. The other thing is, um, we can see that demonic spirits um, can control the actions of a person or an animal's body, person's body or an animal's body. So, so this guy. Did, he lived in places that normal people don't. He lived among the tombs. Right. Right. So he lived where people were, dead bodies were buried. That's where he lived. So, so it was because of the demonic spirits that were controlling him, uh, he, he cut himself all the time. Um, some theologians I read when I was preparing for this uh, last week were, or say, say things like, they, they thought he wasn't just cutting himself, but they were, thought he was trying to kill himself because he didn't like what was happening to him, but he couldn't control it um he cried out um uh, at night you know and that's just not the kind of things normal people do so so we see the demonic spirit controlling this guy's actions but it also gave him supernatural strength to do things that he he wouldn't normally do we see other places in scripture as well like in mark chapter 9 there's a guy who comes uh, with his son and says you know Jesus can you have, have mercy and pity on my son um he has a demonic spirit and he says the demonic spirit has often thrown him into the fire or the water to try to kill him, and so this demonic spirit literally controlled the actions of this kid and tried to kill him. And so the father's like, "I don't want this for my son," so he brought him to Jesus. And then in Acts chapter 19, verse 16, there was a man who was possessed by the evil evil spirit. Uh, uh, the, the men men who were possessed by the evil spirits attacked other people, so that you can. They were just they're controlling their bodies, and so we see that that's one of the things that they do. But here's another thing that's really interesting. This is, in verse, this is the same verse where we see that demonic spirits control a person's mm-hmm. body, is that they also recognize the authority of Christ. So think about this This, demonic, this, this man, uh, the demoniac, or the rude nude dude, we'll call him. Um, he's, he's got these demonic spirits in him. They, they run to Jesus when he gets out of the boat, and they kneel before him, uh, and, and I don't think that they were worshiping him cause they're not going to worship no. him, but they were recognizing the authority that they mm-hmm. saw in Jesus. Like they knew Jesus had authority over them. Um, and so, uh, the reality is if you think about this, that the demonic spirits in that man actually had a better understanding of Jesus and the authority that Jesus had than the disciples did at that moment. Like the disciples are still learning about who Jesus is, but the demonic spirits saw Jesus and they're like, Oh Crap! Here's a—he's in charge of us. Like he's got authority over us, so we better make a plea deal. Basically, is what they were doing, right? And so they had a really good understanding of of who Jesus was. We see in verse seven that the demonic spirits have intellect, right? So they're they're going to have this conversation. They're like. He can do anything he wants with us. Let's at least offer something that's more acceptable to us than being thrown into the abyss. And so they say, can you throw us into the pigs? So so we see that they, they have the ability to think and think through things, mm-hmm. um, and then demonic spirits can communicate through people. So so here, when when the demonic guy comes to Jesus, it isn't the, the man that's speaking. It's the demonic spirits that are speaking through him. Mm-hmm. And what they've done is they've seized his vocal cords— and they're, they're manifesting by speaking through him in the physical world so that Jesus could hear and the disciples could hear everything. So we know that they can communicate with each other, They thinking they're having this, this conversation, and we also can think that they have emotions, right? So they're like, basically, I think that what happened in the demonic spirits that were in this man were like, oh, crap, there's Jesus, and it created fear in their life, right? Uh, and so we can see that they could, uh, could experience fear, in their life, and uh, that was something that when they saw Jesus' presence, that it was created. And then uh, here's here's the really interesting thing about this. In verse 9, um, Jesus says, you know, who are you? Uh, he says, first of all, he says in verse 8, he says, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 9, and they obviously didn't uh, yet, so it's interesting that Jesus had to say it twice, right? I mean, that's that's kind of interesting to me. But then in verse 9, it says that Jesus asked him, what is your name, right? And and I would just say that some people think that, you know, if you're doing deliverance for somebody, you got to know the name of a demonic spirit, and if you call it by name, it'll come out or whatever. I don't think the Bible teaches that. I think Jesus had a little bit more authority than we could, and so he could do things differently than we should do them when we're doing this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it was interesting. But anyway, Jesus asked the man, what is your name? And the guy says... The, the the guy respond the demonic spirits in him respond they say my name is legion for we are many so so what we see is that there was a particular spirit seizing the vocal cords of this man speaking on behalf of all the other demons and it says our name is legion for we meaning we we there's more of them right more it's more not just of, one it's not just me uh, are many and. And, and what he meant by that, I don't know. Maybe legion was just his name and there was two demons. But a lot of, a lot of people think that when he used the name legion, that he was, he was identifying how many um, spirits were, were in him. And a legion, when, G, when, when this would have happened, a mm-hmm. legion uh, was a contingency of 6,000 Roman uh, soldiers. And so if you were in the military here, well, there's a legion. A legion represented 6,000 doesn't mean that there were 6,000 demonic spirits in this guy, but it does mean there was a lot, right? right? And so he didn't say exactly specifically. Mm -hmm. So what we can take away from this is that, one, a demonic spirit can live inside a person, a demonic spirit can control a person, and there can be more than one of them, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting.
0: For all of you young parents, July 16th is Child Dedication Sunday. This is the time to publicly declare your intention to raise your child in a way that will help them learn about Jesus early, directing their feet to church and their hearts to God's word. If you are new around here, we want to get to know you. Pizza with the Pastors is on July 17th. Meet them at Massey's and Gehanna at 6pm so you can find out more about Shepherd and the Pastors can find out more about you. You may also be interested in learning about church membership and we have Saturday morning membership class on July 29th in Johnstown. That will include the Faith Fellowship congregation who will be learning about the Nazarene doctrine that day as well. We are happy to welcome the congregation in Johnstown by providing that class and by also having our all church picnic in Johnstown. That will be on August 6th. So get that on your calendar and let's show them how glad we are to have them as part of the shepherd family.
1: When we talked about when you open the door, if that door is open, this would seem to suggest that it's open for more than one.
2: It could very well be. Yeah. And, and it could be that maybe one comes in at a time. But it, but but here's the other thing we don't understand is that there, there are like serious sp- spiritual consequences for disobedience. Yeah. Like, Disobedience and ignorance are not are not um, uh, reasons that for a, see what is what I'm trying to say. Ignorance is not um, a reason for it's not, and it's, yeah. not it's not an excuse. Ignorance yeah, is yeah. not an excuse. I couldn't think of the word excuse. Yeah, yeah. disobedience is right. So when we disobey, God's given us the Word of God, so we should know it. And when we disobey, we're like, well, I didn't know. Like, but, but you have the Word of God. Right. We li- we have it. You have. Four hundred versions of the Word of God on your phone right now, probably. Mm-hmm. So it's like ignorance isn't an excuse. Um, and so when we it, when we disobey, for whatever reason, whether we choose to do it or we just didn't know, there's these supernatural there's these supernatural consequences. Yep. So yeah, so uh, there's other things in here, but here's like demonic spirits have desires and will, like immediately they're like, we don't want to be tortured. Yeah, don't, don't hurt us. Like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. like, which is interesting. Like These demonic spirits, they don't mind torturing. They, they were torturing the guy. Mm-hmm. Like They were controlling his body. they stole stolen his life. I mean, think about this guy. I mean, maybe he was married. Maybe he had kids. I don't know what his backstory is, but his life was ruined. Everybody knew him. They knew he's the crazy guy that lives among the tombs. They knew he had this strength. They knew he was running around naked, crying out at night. I mean, he. they ruined his life. But when Jesus shows up, they're like, oh, please don't torture us. We don't want to be tortured. Uh, And and they begged him not – here's another thing. They begged him not to be sent out of the area. Like, and I don't know if that's because – I mean, you can speculate all kinds of things, but, like, maybe they had an assignment in a specific area. They were in the Decapolis, which is a place where there were ten cities, and it was notoriously a pretty ungodly place, and maybe they had a lot of authority there or whatever, or they had created a nice little place for themselves – because people will ignore God, but there was this, um, they, they, they didn't want to leave the area, uh, and they begged Jesus for permission to go into the pigs. Like, they're like, this is, this is our choice. If you can, if there's anything you can do for us, Jesus, don't torture us. Don't send us out of the area. Just send us into the pigs. And Jesus, being the nice guy that he did, said, into the pigs it is, right? And so that's where he went. So um, so I don't know if demonic spirits are assigned to specific areas or not, but I do know that there are people who work in the, in the, in the realm of deliverance who would believe that, mm-hmm. that there may be certain demonic spirits that are assigned to regions. And I think in the book of Daniel it talks a little bit about that, um, and we can see that there are certain kinds of sins that are more uh, prevalent in certain cities or areas or regions, and it could be because there's a demonic stronghold in those areas. Um, so that's definitely uh, a possibility. So who, yeah. uh, who knows? Um, so uh, demonic spirits can travel from place to place. You know, we saw them go from the guy into the thing. And um, like 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 Satan, demonic spirits have to submit to the authority of Christ. And, and I love that. That that when Jesus told them what to do, they did it. Like whether there was six thousand in there or a thousand, they all did it. Mm-hmm. They went into two thousand pigs. So there could have been at least 2,000 pigs because all the pigs ran over the ledge and, mm-hmm. and died, right? And some people are like, well, that was really mean of Jesus to kill the pigs. And just a disclaimer, Jesus didn't kill the pigs, the demons did. Yeah, He didn't tell them that's what they had to do. He just sent them into there, right? Which is, again, the reminder that demonic spirits can dwell into in an animal as well. And then just the last two things that I think are really important, um, that demonic spirits can plant thoughts in a person's mind, and influence mental health. So in verse fifteen, uh, we see um, that that this man who had been possessed by the legion of demons was now sitting there in his right mind when the demons were gone. Mm-hmm. And so the inference is that because he wasn't in his right mind, it was it was spiritual. Uh, and when the when the spiritual influence was gone, he was in his right mind. And so I think that. And, and I want to just kind. I want to be really careful. I hope you just hear what I'm saying for what it is is that I think in, uh, in, the, in the United States where we live, that, that you know, mental health issues are rising and there's um, uh, a, a more of them or more prevalence, or at least we're more mm-hmm. aware of it than we used to be. Uh, and I believe that there are, there are legitimate mental health issues yeah. that medicine can help us with. There's a chemical imbalance or yep. whatever, all of that kind of stuff. But I would just say that I think that as Christians who look at the world from a biblical worldview through the lens of Scripture, we could also recognize that there could be times when mental health is influenced by a spirit in the spiritual realm, yep. and we should just be aware of that. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that if you're if if you know somebody or you are, are depressed or struggling or having a bad day or mm-hmm. you have some mental issues or mental health issues that it's spiritual and there's something wrong with you. I'm not saying that, yep. but I just think we should probably as Christians be aware that it's a possibility mm-hmm. and address that. Right. And and maybe maybe it's not, yeah, I'll yeah. say that. Well,
1: we don't want you to hear is, oh, just have more faith and it'll get better. Right. But, I yeah. mean, we talked about this in the, in the fall when we talked, we had a small short series on anxiety and depression over a kind of two-parter. Spiritual warfare is a piece of it Yeah. that you're not going to read in many psychology books. No. But it's true. Yeah. And when we read scripture, we see spiritual warfare being something that affects our everyday lives.
2: Yeah. Well, think of this, if you if you never look at the world through the lens of scripture and you see people who have mental health issues, you have to fix it without the spiritual lens, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to you're going to go to counseling and medicine and those are all good and sometimes they are perfectly right. But in the world that we live in, it's it's there's there's multiple ways, there's there's counseling, there's medicine, but there's also scripture, yeah. and so we should should just be aware that there's the possibility that some of the things that mm-hmm. some people deal with could be spiritual in nature, um, and to deal with them as a spiritual struggle might be helpful. Yeah, uh, and again, not saying that everything is that way, and I'm not downplaying medicine, counseling, any of that kind of stuff, because I think that it's helpful, and ultimately. the Bible says all healing comes from the Lord. So it's just as much of a miracle if God chooses to heal someone with medicine or something else as if he just speaks it. But anyway, uh, there's that. And then last thing I just want to throw in there as well. This is not in this particular story, but in Luke chapter 13, I got got this here in my Bible, Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 13, there's a story about a woman uh, who was crippled. And it says in verse 10, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues Then a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. So in this story, there's two things that are interesting. Jesus said, the Bible says that the woman was crippled by a spirit. For 18 years, she couldn't stand up straight. And then Jesus put his hands on her and said, You're healed from your infirmity, which is a sickness. Mm -hmm. And so in this particular passage of scripture Jesus equated this this particular sickness with a spirit. And again, when we talk about mental health, we we often leave out the spiritual side of things and and all this is saying all I'm saying here is that it could be I think we should understand that sometimes demonic spirits can influence our physical health as mm-hmm. well. And so, I mean, we pray for people and everything, but but we should just be aware of that. And, and again, all this is just a reminder that we don't just live in the world that we see. There's a world that's around us that we don't see that's just as real even though we don't see it. And we as Christians should be, be aware of that. And, and I think at the, at the end of the day, I don't want to just have a whole sermon or a whole thing that, that talks about how you know the enemy and all that kind of stuff I think there's a couple of things we learn about Jesus really quick. I know you're starting to go too long here, but uh, number one, Jesus has authority over Satan and all demons. Like like he has authority. He is the ultimate say. We're not victims. We're not subject to them. We, We should submit our lives to Christ and recognize they are subject to him. And if we're obedient to him, he will protect us and that kind of thing. That Jesus defeated Satan and his demons power in our life at the cross. I love this passage of scripture in Colossians. It says that Jesus defeated uh, the enemy. Uh, It says he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them at Mm. the cross. And and I love it because it reminds me of, like the mental image I have of this is that Jesus beat the living daylights out of them and shamed them, and they're walking through the streets with their tail between their legs because they know they're defeated. And, And we should live our lives subject to Jesus because then we have power over these demonic spirits as well. Jesus paid a price for us to have a relationship with him, and we can have that relationship today by surrendering our heart to him, submitting our lives to him, asking mm-hmm. him to forgive us and allowing him to be Lord of our life and, and not and not be subject to all the other things as well. But we should know that if you're a Christian, uh, that God wants us to be totally free, right? He wants yep. us to be, be that way. Uh help. one more thing. All right, we'll be down here just you're one fine. second. So here's an interesting, interesting thing in the book of Acts. Um, there's there's this passage of scripture where Simon, who was uh, doing Simon, it's not Simon Peter, it's a different Simon. He was healing people, mm-hmm. uh, but he wasn't doing it in, in the right way or whatever. But in Simon, in Acts chapter eight, verse thirteen, it says that Simon himself believed and was baptized. And then ten verses later, Simon was doing something that he shouldn't have do, been doing, and Paul says. I can see that you are full of bitterness and held captive by sin, so in verse thirteen he believed and was baptized, so he's a Christian, right mm-hmm. but in verse twenty three he was still full of bitterness and held captive by sin. so all I'm saying is that it's possible for us to live a life of of faith to have a, a relationship with Jesus and love him and care yeah. about him and have our sins forgiven, but still be held by the enemy's grip because we're doing we're doing things that we shouldn't do that are allowing the enemy, they're not stealing to our salvation. That, that we right, talked about. Right, mm-hmm. not stealing our salvation, but he has a foothold. And and Jesus said later in John, he said, if the son sets you free, you are really free. Like you can be mm-hmm. totally free. And that comes with total submission to Christ. So yeah, there's a whole lot there. I mean, we can talk like about this for weeks and days. But anyway, that's a little bit about the story in Mark. That's good good so we hope that you continue to join us as we
1: walk through the book of mark this summer If you have questions about what what we talked about today we know that this can be very confusing and it can be really easily explained away by um by all sorts of things we want you to know that what we're looking at is scripture and if you want to know more uh, you can let us know you can get a hold of us at podcast at shepnaz.org uh, we're thankful for you for listening go ahead and share this with your friends your family uh, for pastor rob my name is joey have a great day This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gahanna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.